0: Welcome to the Museum of Femininity, a podcast where I, Charlotte Appleyard, discuss random topics of interest that relate to social history, art and material culture through a female lens. I hope you enjoy. Hello, welcome back to the Museum of Femininity. My name is Charlotte Appleyard and today I will be talking to you about another wonderful female artist who I greatly admire and have a lot of personal affection for. And that artist is Vanessa Bell. If you have not heard of her before, she is probably most well known for a couple of things. So one of those things is being a major key player in the Bloomsbury group art sect. I suppose you could call them a sect. Um, And the Bloomsbury Group really defined early 20th century British art. The American writer Dorothy Parker also famously said, quote, They lived in squares, painted in circles and loved in triangles. Vanessa Bell is also known for her famous sister, Virginia Woolf, the genius writer, and for her love life. And I think that's often the case with female artists. They tend to have quite tumultuous, interesting love lives, often involving famous painters. It's just a trend, it seems. It comes up all the time. I think with Max Ernst and Leonora Carrington and the Pre-Raphaelite sisters were often painters, but of course they're most remembered for their entanglements with Pre-Raphaelite artists like the notorious Rossetti and Vanessa Bell is no exception and of course with famous lovers um, she tends to be a bit overshadowed by this which is a real shame because male artists do not have the same fate when they find themselves entangled with women who share their profession And I would say her various affairs were quite important in her life and they should definitely not be discredited. In particular, her long-time relationship with Duncan Grant, which is fascinating and clearly plays a huge role in the development of her art. So I will, of course, be talking about Duncan Grant in this episode However, as well as discussing elements of her biography, I would also like to highlight her painting and her innovative interior designs and her textiles and decorative arts. And just focus a bit more on her style by discussing uh, certain examples of her work. But let's start with a biography of who she was and try and, you know, capture something of Vanessa Bell's essence which is, I think, perhaps (laughs) one of the most ambitious things I've ever said and probably won't happen, but here we go. Uh, So, Vanessa Bell was born in 1879 as the eldest daughter of Sir Leslie Stephen and Julia Princep Duckworth. She was actually a well-known pre-Raphaelite model, speaking of the pre-Raphaelites, and she posed for Edward Byrne Jones. She was also a model in photography of Julia Margaret Cameron and I think one of I think the photo of her is quite striking and well known if you're familiar with Julia Margaret Cameron's work um, you probably would know this image of her sort of face on with flowing hair going over her shoulders and these really piercing eyes very captivating so these were her parents she also had lots of siblings so as well as Virginia, Uh, she had two brothers, Thoby and Adrian, and two half-brothers called George and Gerald. So this large family resided in London at 22 Hyde Park Gate. Vanessa didn't go to school, Uh, she was, you know, this was a sort of upper middle class Victorian family, so she would have been educated at home, but would have had a fairly substantial education learning things like mathematics and history, um, as well as the usual uh, lady-type activities, I'm sure you can imagine. However, at a very young age, she showed an aptitude for art. Uh, She took drawing lessons from Ebenezer Cook, and she clearly had ambition and really wanted to make something of her artistic skill. In fact, Virginia wrote about a moment from her childhood with Vanessa, which I think is quite touching, and I don't know, it just sort of reveals quite a lot about Vanessa's character, so I will read you a quote from that diary entry. Once I saw her scrawl on a black door, a great maze of lines, with white chalk. When I am... and the chalk read, quote, when I am a famous painter, she began and then turned shy and rubbed it out in her capable way. Uh, So even when she was a child, she was already designing and decorating doors and interiors. But what I get from that is she was ambitious, but was perhaps uh, a little modest and unsure about her own ambitions, which perhaps was a symptom of being a young woman in Edwardian England, Maybe that just was not a possibility for her at that time. However, you know, she continued to be successful and clearly had support from her family. And later she attended Sir Arthur Cope's art school in 1896 before joining. Uh, before going on to study painting at the Royal Academy in 1901, where she was taught by John Singer Sargent, which is incredible. When Vanessa's parents died in 1895 and 1904, Vanessa sold her childhood home and moved to Bloomsbury with her sister and brothers, which launched them into artistic and intellectual social circles, which flourished in that part of London. It was at this time when Bell would meet the likes of Linton Stratchley, as well as art critic Roger Fry and, of course, Duncan Grant. One of Vanessa's great achievements was creating something called the Friday Club in 1905, which was formed uh, for the express purpose of exhibiting young British artists. She was inspired by the cafe culture in Paris and wanted to replicate atmosphere in England. And I think this aspect of artistic culture features heavily in Vanessa's life, as she always seemed to be at the heart of several groups of exciting and creatively exuberant friendship circles. In 1907, Vanessa married Clive Bell. He was an art theorist who pioneered formalism. They had two sons. The first, Julian, died tragically during the Spanish Civil War. And the second was called Quinton, and he was an artist as well. He also wrote about his mother affectionately, saying she was, quote, the firm pillar of our existence, sensible, practical, at times filled with gentle gaiety, always morally and physically beautiful, which I think paints rather a vivid and tender portrait of his mother, in terms of her appearance, um, she had st- a strong family resemblance, I think, to Virginia Woolf. She was slim with brown hair and had large, heavy-lidded, expressive eyes. However, I think her face was perhaps not as narrow. Regardless, she was elegant and physically striking. I think she evoked the classic beauty of the Edwardian era. So Vanessa Bell and Clive Bell were were very liberal and had an open marriage. Both of them had affairs. Belle, for example, was with Roger Fry for a time and, of course, had an intimate relationship with Duncan Grant. And she actually had a daughter with Duncan Grant. So her name was Angelica and Clive accepted her as his own daughter. This was partly to, you know, alleviate any sort of scandal. Before the outbreak of the First World War, Vanessa fled to the East Sussex countryside with her family, as well as Duncan Grant and his lover, the writer David Garnett. So interestingly, Grant was a homosexual man, yet he and Vanessa had a palpable and intense artistic and emotional connection. They were intimate, but unfortunately, Vanessa had to accept that Grant needed freedom to pursue relationships with other men. And during their time living together, he kept her informed about his liaisons and they had to sort of navigate through the jealousy that this caused. Duncan Grant, I think, was very handsome. Uh, He had very angular features and thick, dark hair, and there are lots of wonderfully detailed black and white photographs of him and Vanessa, as well as other people in their group, lounging around in this very relaxed, bohemian fashion. Together, this unusual group settled at Charleston Farmhouse, which is located near Fell. Grant and Garnett escaped service uh, during World War One by working as farmhands and declaring themselves to be conscientious objectors. Here, Grant and Bell set up their studios and worked on commissions for the Omega workshop, which was set up by Roger Fry. They painted and decorated the building extensively. You can visit Charleston today, where it remains very much the same, with their boldly painted fireplace and doors adorned in colourful patterns, as well as the furniture, textiles and rugs which Vanessa designed. I think my impression of Vanessa Bell was rather cosy and conjured up images of the East Sussex countryside, which is very near where I grew up, as well as that slightly cluttered but visually interesting scruffy aesthetic of the early 20th century bohemian living, which now seems quite middle-class and twee. In fact... I see certain designs that kind of remind me of it. I mean, who knows if there's any real influence, but I don't know, think of things you might see in anthropology and that type of thing. When I visited Charleston, I was filled with a similar feeling to what I would get if I went to a National Trust house. Like I was trapped in a time capsule and it was very warm and fuzzy and very British, you know. And I think this sort of contemporary perspective can cloud how truly radical an artist uh, she was. Vanessa was extremely innovative and at the cutting edge of modern art. Inspired by Parisian avant-garde painters like Picasso, she absorbed these new abstract methods and playfully uses uh, different materials and in things like collages, Uh, but adapting them in an incredibly distinctive way. Her collages in particular were quite cubist and she would use material like newspaper and often the design would be all about form and almost resembling a stained glass window. And there was always a use of unconventional colour with thick expressive brush strokes and interesting compositions with often varied and symbolic subjects. Her exposure to artists like Paul Gauguin, Henri Matisse and Vincent van Gogh came about when art critic Roger Fry organised the exhibition Manet and the Post-Impressionists, which is actually the first exhibition of its time, and it was Roger Fry who coined that term post-impressionist. And Vanessa visited this exhibition, and you can clearly see the influences of ex- abstraction and simplified forms in her work. She wrote about the show afterwards and said, quote, Here was a sudden pointing to a possible path, a sudden liberation and encouragement to feel oneself. Perhaps no one but a painter can understand it, and perhaps no one but a painter of a certain age. At that time, she was in her 30s. But it was as if one might say things one had always felt instead of trying to say things that other people told one to feel. It's an incredible piece of writing, and I think it shows her desire to really stand on her own two feet as a creative and to not just go along with the styles and techniques that were taught to her, you know, to really focus on expression. And I think one of Vanessa's paintings that's a a pretty good example of her style is um, the one on Studland Beach. So Studland Beach was a quiet bay in Dorset, which was a common place, place for leisure activities, a concept that was quite new in 1912 when it was painted. So here we see a series of figures sitting or standing on a beach with a white tent to the right-hand side. The tent itself I always felt resembled a door as well, so it gives the image a strange, surreal quality. Although the gender of figures can be identified based on their long dresses and hair or the sort of feminine wide-brimmed hats, their exact characters are abstracted in a blur of paint or due to the fact that they have their back to the viewer. There is a definite emphasis on form as the image is compiled mostly of shapes and blocks of colour and a schematic style that clearly owes a debt to Matisse, who Vanessa of course would have seen in Roger Fry's exhibition. And I think it's interesting, you know, the fact that it's a really simple image and it There's not a lot to it, but you still know exactly what it is. And I think it must have been quite modern and radical at the time, especially considering the fact that, you know, depicting women frolicking around on a beach was probably a pretty uncommon subject and theme in a painting. So I really love her for her outlook and um, her choice of subject matters. So in terms of her artistic partnership with Duncan Grant, they worked together frequently and they, were often, uh, t- they often teamed up on domestic commissions. For example, they were commissioned to produce a series of decorative panels in 1910 representing the muses of arts and sciences for John Maynard Keynes's study at Cambridge. This was created to complement the mural painted there by Grant uh, and Bell painted the female figures while Grant painted the male figures. And the composition of each figure is traditionally classical, but the use of colour is very blocky with minimal blending. And there is a vivid use of bright red and turquoise. I think this is a great example because it shows just how similar their styles could be which highlights their creative connection and ability to adopt aspects of each other's style in order to, you know, create this one sort of united piece. I'd like to momentarily dwell on Vanessa Bell's relationship with her fam- famous sister, Virginia Woolf. Virginia was always the most exuberant of the two, and Vanessa in comparison was quite serious and sensible. Uh, She was, however, said to be very maternal and caring from a young age. I also think Vanessa's portrait of Virginia from 1912 is quite telling, as it portrays her in a relaxed pose, sat in an armchair and knitting. The style is quite sketchy with bright colours and a slight blurring of the features. However, you definitely know it's Virginia Woolf. The portrait evokes a sense of intimacy and closeness which was clearly present in their relationship. In addition Vanessa designed all the dust jackets for for Virginia's books and created the house style for their publishing company Hogarth Press. The designs are fresh and modern with a painterly style and also they were often prints. So one example of printed design is for the the copy of Monday or Tuesday and that was quite geometric and very art deco lots of like straight interlacing lines but then for the wave it was a lot more abstract with these kind of blotchy green designs of waves and then a sort of silhouette of of, um, two people peering out of a window and this is I think evident from their fruitful professional relationship that they got on extremely well and were very similar in many ways. For example, when Virginia revealed to Vanessa that she had had a lesbian affair with Vita Sackville-West, Vanessa Bell did not vocalise moral outrage or shock, but instead curiosity, which I think shows that she totally accepted her sister and was, you, you know, they wanted to understand each other. Vanessa's first solo exhibition was at the Omega Workshop in 1916, so just to say the entire point of the workshop was to allow for artists and writers to produce and sell their own work, so it was definitely a commercial enterprise. It's also embodied the ethos of combining decorative and fine arts, so it makes perfect sense that Vanessa would get involved as she was such a multi-talented artist and painted as well as you know, she she made pots and of course designed textiles and interior designs as well. In the 1930s and 40s, Vanessa experienced a number of tragedies, including the death of her former lover and friend Roger Fry in 1934. In addition, her son Julian was killed in 1937 at the age of just 29. Vanessa was incredibly close to her son and suffered a nervous breakdown after he passed away during the civil war in Spain. It took her a long time to recover emotionally. She then experienced another serious terrible blow when her sister committed suicide four years after her son had died. Yeah it's just incredibly sad. So now we're entering the sort of last few decades of Vanessa Bell's life and you know she continued to work with Duncan Grant and one of my favourite partnerships between them uh, which also quite touchingly included Angelica and Quinton was this beautiful series of wall frescoes um, in a place called Berwick Church which is in East Sussex and this unique decorative scheme was commissioned by Bishop Bell of Chichester in 1941 during World War II, of course. The murals are quite traditional biblical themes, like the crucifixion and the the nativity. Many of the figures are based on real people who lived in the nearby area, as well as this, the figure of Mary, is modelled by Angelica herself. And, you know, it was quite a surprising commission as Vanessa had a deep... This interest in religion but I really I really like it I've been there many times my family live in that area and it's it's beautiful I, I think maybe it's because in England most churches are fairly plain when you go inside they tend to have stained glass windows I mean I haven't seen many wall paintings in churches I think you know, for instance, in Canterbury Cathedral, it was probably once completely painted, very colourful. But of course, in today's day, it's all faded, it's all white, grey stone. So just to walk in somewhere and see these like vibrant paintings is really amazing. And if you're ever in that area, I really recommend just going in and looking around. I mean, from a artistic point of view, I definitely don't think they're either artists' most exciting, radical pieces of work. They're fairly conventional, really. But it's just great to see sort of modern British art on the wall of churches. It's quite a novelty. And in fact, I think currently, um, there's a big fundraising effort to uh, get some money together to conserve the paintings. So I'll leave links to that. So if you're interested, you can donate to help with that. And, you know, I, I also just want to touch on I don't know, maybe this is a little salacious, but I think it, it really should be mentioned. So as far as Angelica, Um, Angelica didn't know Duncan Grant was her biological father until she was about 17 and there were other aspects of Angelica's life that were unusual so for instance she married David Garnett who was 20 years older than her but not only that he of course was the previous lover of Duncan Grant her father and Angelica didn't discover this until much later in her life but I, th- I think, if, if anything, that for sure highlights the, the sort of messy entanglements of the the relationships and the love affairs within the Bloomsbury group. I mean, make of it what you will. It doesn't really have a lot to do with Vanessa Bell's life, but I think it's just one of those surprising things. Yeah, and it just shows how, like, really bohemian they were, I guess. Um, Angelica herself was an artist and uh, I think she wrote an article about her relationship with David Garnett so maybe I'll, I'll link that as well if you're interested in learning more. So Vanessa Bell became increasingly reclusive towards the end of her life which was spent in Charleston which always remained an important influential part of her artistic output She surrounded herself with family and close friends um, and didn't really see anyone beyond her immediate group. So she passed away in 1961 following a brief illness. Uh, She had bronchitis. She was then buried in Fell, and Duncan Grant died in 1978 and he was buried by her side. So together till the end. And that concludes this episode of the Museum of Femininity. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you are intrigued by the Bloomsbury group and would like to, you know, learn a bit more about them. I think Vanessa Bell has certainly faded in and out of popularity over the years and she definitely has been overshadowed by Virginia Woolf and her life has certainly been a little bit forgotten about, I think until quite recently there's certainly been a renewed interest in Vanessa's life. I think yes, when I was at university I remember watching a uh, a TV show about the Bloomsbury group. I think it was called Life in Squares and that was really my first introduction to her. But much of her work, you know, is displayed at the National Portrait Gallery. And of course, you can visit Charleston House, which is really magnificent. It is such a time capsule. And, you know, I just love the East Sussex countryside. It's incredibly beautiful, wonderful place to visit. And I think at the moment, I mean, it's probably not open because of you know COVID and everything. But I believe there is an exhibition at the Dulwich Picture Gallery. So you know that's well, who knows when we'll be able to go to museums again and exhibitions. But I would love to go and see that and and look at all her work together. And there's so much more I could say about Vanessa Bell. I think she was a really interesting person um i would like to certainly look more into her decorative arts which i haven't really covered i believe she did a series of plate designs actually uh with different uh, famous female women on them including you know charlotte brontë and george eliot as well so she she had a a sort of a, a clear interest in um the legacy of female writers and creatives which I think is admirable and there's probably a line of query. I, I, sh- I should have gone down more. So, yeah, I apologise for that. But maybe in my own free time I will explore this further. Who knows? So I will be posting a ton of paintings and f- photographs on Instagram, which you can follow at the Museum of Femininity and in the show notes will be all the reference materials and stuff like that and any links i've mentioned and i will stop rambling now but thank you so much for listening please you know if you have any thoughts about this episode or the podcast in general i would really love to hear from you so you can always send me a message on instagram it would be great to connect yeah so hope you have a lovely day and uh, yeah, stay stay strong and I'll be back soon. So goodbye.